Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. If you have your Bible, open up to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. That's right, so be it. Some of y'all forgot. I forgot too. Tell somebody around you, so be it. I write these notes for you not because I like writing notes. Actually, I hate it. I'd rather get up, wing it, and fling it. But I pray, I seek the Lord, because I want you to have resources through the week that for anybody in here who says, I don't know what I should do, and I don't, I don't have anything to focus on, and what you have resources. I want to feed you, and I want to lead you. I want you approaching our time together with, with, the, with the same way I approach it, which is we're, we're here to be disciples of the Lord. We're here to grow. There's not a person here who's ready to be entertained. We are here to be trained. We're here to grow. And I want you to approach it like that because when you grow and when you change, when you start letting God be the leader in your life, man, He'll work through you in ways that you just won't even imagine. And are there troubles and trials and things that hurt? Absolutely. Like many of y'all know, this week, Rance and Catherine Tilly, Catherine's son, Zach Stinson, passed away this week. That is hard. It's just broken their heart and broken so many people's hearts. So pray for them. It's been really, really a, a difficult time. But God is at work. And God spoke to Catherine God, as Catherine was praying the morning of her son's death, she didn't know it was going to be her son's death. God was speaking to her in her time with the Lord, and God gave her some stuff that she now has something to hold on to through a difficult season. And see, if we're not in the Word, and we're, we're not spending time with God, and we're not disciplined, then we won't know how to get our hands on what we need when we need it. Because God has already supplied everything you need. The problem is we just don't know how to get our hands on it. So we ask God to give us what we don't think we have. But the thing is, He's already given it to us. We just don't know we have it because we've not been disciplined to search out what we have in Christ. So we don't know how to get a hold of what Jesus has already given us. So we live like we don't have it. So when you begin to be a student of the Word of God and look forward to being in the Word of God together, hearing and learning and growing in the Word of God, I'm telling you, you'll come up to another level. And there's five life-giving realities of the kingdom, kingdom realities that I, I want to talk to you about over the next few weeks. And, and these things, if you, if you would approach them with this mentality of these things are life-giving, meaning they're activators, they're initiators, they're keys, they're, they're, they're buttons, they're triggers, they're, they're things that begin to activate stuff, that these things are, are life-giving. You get in these five things, these five things get into you, and suddenly the life of Christ starts operating in your life. If you ever feel distant from the Lord, you got to focus on these five things. If you ever feel, you know, wayward from God and feel like there's no power and no life, you got to come back to these five things. And the first thing that I want to talk to you about is the Word of God, which means Scripture fed. 
Because I've said this many different times throughout the years here, and I don't know if I've ever taught on it just in a series, so I want to do that in a series. So the thing is, with the Word of God, I want you to be Scripture-fed. I want you to be Spirit-led. I want you to be love-motivated, grace-empowered, and faith-activated. And each week I'm going to go over one of these, and, and you know, Lord knows I could take you know, two months over each one to just try to get out the things that are in my heart. So y'all going to be patient with me because I'm not going to just going to spend one week on each one. But we have to be scripture fed, meaning the word of God, not the word of other people, not the word of our society, not the word of Pookie and them, not the word of whoever else. Not what you say to you, what others say to you. I'm not talking about that word. Not what they say to you or what somebody said to you a long time ago. And not what the devil says to you. I'm talking about the word of God, what God says to you. What God is speaking to you through His Word, because His voice will always match the verse. Anybody, somebody, anytime somebody starts speaking in the voice of God, in the name of God, but it doesn't match the verse of God, you just need to slowly back away. And so we're talking about the Word of God. We're not talking about just Word. Words come in and out of your life. But if you focus on the Word of God, matter of fact, what you need to do on, on, the, on that first line where it says, of God, circle that of God. Because that's, that's the key thing. It's not just a Word. It's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And all the way down, that's the same thing. The Spirit of God, the love of God. And, and we need to make sure that we are in the of God part. I want to receive what is of God. So all these things are life-giving and they're activated. And as we talk about, as we talk about these realities, you know, matter of fact, these are these are these, these things are real. So nudge your neighbor and say, keep it real. If you want to keep it real, you can't, you can't be led by what you feel. Because what you feel is not always real. So the realities of the king are the realities of the kingdom. And the scriptures, the word of God, the word of God is, is the, are the realities of the king. We're going to talk about that today. So you need to be fed by the scriptures. You, this is the time to really challenge and look and examine your life. What is feeding you? What do you look to when you're sad, when you feel rejected, when you feel alone? What do you look to when you feel like celebrating? What do you look to? I guarantee you there are patterns and, and, and systems in your life that you keep turning to the same food sources. Your food may be people. Your food may be a codependent relationship. Your food may be money. Your food may be praise. Your food may be, it could be a number of different things that, that would be unhealthy, like needing to be praised by other people. Or maybe you're an attention hog. You always need attention. Maybe you're a, you're a people pleaser. But you've got to look to say, what is feeding my life? See, when, you come to the, when it comes to the Scripture and it comes to the Word of God, the Word of God is seed and the Word of God is food. Two simple things right there. The Word of God is seed and the Word of God is food. And if you change your seed, you change your harvest. You change your food, you change your health. And you have the power to change it right now. You don't change your seed, you don't change your harvest. You don't change your food, you don't change your health. You gotta, you gotta look at that and change that. And Mark chapter 12, verse 24, I have the verse there. So you don't even have to look it up. 
Mark 12, verse 24, Jesus answered and said to them, You are, or are you not therefore mistaken? Everybody say mistaken. Because you do not know the Scriptures nor the power of God. So what he's saying, they're talking about the resurrection and talking about different things. And Jesus, Jesus, who is the word of God, we'll see in a second. He comes and he says, guys, you are mistaken. And see, we think we think that word mistaken is a simple little cute word. Oh, we're mistaken. Like it's a simple little word. It's not it's a it's not a simple word. It's a bad word. Because you are mistaken. You have been taken off course. And Jesus said, you are mistaken because you don't know two things. You don't know the scriptures. And you don't know the power of, the, of God, meaning you don't know the word and you don't know the spirit. And the two foundational elements that, that are life-giving realities is the word of God and the spirit of God. And Jesus says, you are mistaken. You have been mistaken. You have been taken off course because you don't know the scriptures. And you, see, here's the thing. Some of y'all think, well, as long as Pastor John knows the scripture, we're okay. Mm -mm. Because what if I say something not accurate? I appreciate the people looking out for me. Uh, I don't appreciate the critics who just criticize everything I say. It's like, go get a life, all right? But I appreciate the people who look and say, hey, wait a minute, because they're making sure I don't get mistaken. And we need to know the power of God and the power of His Spirit working in our life. And so that definition for mistaken right below there says, mistaken speaks to being led astray. Led astray, wandering in deception, seduction, or confusion. It would have been accurate in the definition for me to say manipulation, intimidation, and seduction. But the end result is confusion. I've been mistaken. So you can be doing the work that God called you to do in the field that God called you to do it, but you're mistaken because you're doing it in your power, not His. So you can be in alignment in the field or the area doing really close to the thing that God called and created you to do. But the difference is you've been mistaken. You're living in a level of deception, a level of seduction, a level of manipulation and a level of confusion because you don't know the scriptures and the power of God and how they are to fuel and feed and seed your God-given assignment. So you are fueling it and feeding it with worldly resources, but not heaven's resources. And you've learned how to operate in this, this, and this. And then you look and you buy earthly standards. You measure yourself, compare yourself to others in earthly standards. And you think you're actually building something. You think you're actually doing something. But if the scriptures aren't leading you and feeding you, I'll say it this way, if the scriptures aren't feeding you and the spirit and power of God is not leading you, then you ain't building nothing. And what God wants to build in you and build in your family so your children get to see what God can do in the life of somebody. My children have seen at different times in my life what, what I could do, and that's not impressive. They've seen what the devil can do, and that's scary. And there's times they've seen what God can do, and that's incredible. 
So we're talking about this because when you begin to grasp this and you begin to change and you begin to grow, you begin to come up to another level. You begin to take serious this responsibility of I will not be deceived. I will not be seduced. I will not be confused. I will know the scriptures. I will know what God's word is. I will know what the truth of the word of God is. I will know the scriptures. I will be fed by the scriptures. See, if I'm fed by the scriptures, I'm not going to go to a bunch of junk food. Anytime Sarah and I go to the store, it's a bad idea if I go hungry. Because all I hear is little Debbie, little Debbie, little Debbie. That's just, I just, a spirit's driving me. Little Debbie, little Debbie, little Debbie. I go to the place where they give out the samples and just sit there and just like, you know, make a fool of myself. You know, and, and that's where I like going to Sam's when they give out all those samples, praise the Lord. Because people see me coming, they're like, they run away. So your appetites. See, some of your ungodly appetites that you feel like you can't break are simply because you have not fed yourself first with the word of God. And you're trying to break an appetite without eating your first food. And if you would just eat, the other appetite would begin to diminish all by itself. Scripture fed. We need to be scripture fed. So 2 Timothy, look in your Bible to 2 Timothy. Hopefully you're there. I told you, you know, you know me. It takes me a minute to get there. 2 Timothy 3, 16 um, and, and 17. You know this scripture. It's a powerful scripture. Um, if you've been around here any amount of time, this should be very familiar to you. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction and instruction in righteousness so that the man and woman of God, that word man there is mankind, it's human beings, that the, that the people of God may be complete Thoroughly equipped for every good work. So on your notes, if you look at that, I wrote this out in the way the New Living Translation says it. And it says, all scripture is God breathed. Meaning God. <sighs> See, the breath of God is the breath of God creates the word of God. And then you get born again when the breath of God comes into you. So. It's God-breathed, and it's useful. It's useful. You know why you don't spend any time in meaningful study in your Bible? Listen, listen to me. I'm not mad. Some of y'all think I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm passionate. This is the oil of joy and gladness. <laughs> because if you get this, your life's changed. You know why you struggle sometimes spending time, meaningful time, in the Word of God? It's because you don't think it's useful. If you begin to see, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is useful. This is, this is the word of God. You go watch a YouTube video about a bunch of dumb stuff, on some conspiracy theory, and you think you found the new thing because you watch a YouTube video. And yet you won't trust and believe the eternal word of God. So all scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching us what is true. Teaching us what is true. What is truth? Not your truth or my truth, but the truth. Making us realize what is wrong in our lives. Does anybody in here have something wrong in your life? 
Well, the word of God is like a mirror that will show you what is wrong in your life. It's not like Facebook where you try to find stuff wrong in somebody else's life. It's you, you get into, you get into, Lord, I come to your word, I come to you through your word, and you begin to, it's useful because it's God breathed, and that means, God, you're going to breathe new things into my life as I'm in relationship with you through your word, and that you're going to, you're going to show me what is true. You're going to help me realize what's wrong in my life, that it's going to help, it's useful for correcting us when we are wrong. That we need correction. I'm going to tell you right now, the thing that will transform your life more than anything else. I don't know how to, I don't know how to say it. I don't know if I need to say it like this. or I don't know how to say it stronger and more emphatic. But listen to this. The thing that will determine your growth long term in life is if you are correctable. Because what you do right after a mistake, a failure... Sin, what you do right after that determines the, how do you say that word, trajectory of the next few years of your life. It determines, do you go back into the cycle that you were in or do you end up going to a new thing? It's huge, it's huge correcting and then training in righteousness. And we need to be trained in this. We need to be trained in how to, how to unpack what God has already given us. We need to be trained in how to get our hands on and how to operate in what he has already given us. Because some of us in ignorance, we don't know what God has given us. We don't know the finished work of Christ. We don't know the strength and, the, and what he, he's all, we're, we're not working for victory. We're working from it. Our identity, our authority. And our destiny in Christ is already done. We need to get our hands on it and walk out and work out the salvation that He worked in us. And that takes discipleship and that takes stewardship and that takes you being committed, you and I being committed to being Scripture fed. The Scriptures will feed me. They'll feed my life. And turning your Bible um, to John chapter 1. Many of y'all know this. Gospel of John, chapter 1. In the beginning was the, the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So in verse 2, who is the He? Now look, don't. Only look at the text. Only look at verse 1 or 2. So who is the he? Okay, we say Jesus, but we ain't seen the word Jesus yet. So you're not wrong, but just stay. So who is he? The word. So I want you to see that. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. And he meaning the word. Y'all follow me? He meaning the word. Uh. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. Who's the Him? The Word. And without Him, who's Him? 
nothing was made that was made. So those verses could read this. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through the Word, and without the Word, nothing was made that was made. And in the Word was life, and the life was the light of men. Skip all the way down to verse 14, and I know you know this chapter, and I could, I could spend a lot more time here, but uh, and the, look at verse 14. And the Word became flesh. Now we're talking about Jesus. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us as we beheld His glory. So let me just do a translation here. Let me just do a translation with this. Let me just, let me, let me get that. This is not a great analogy. It's not, I don't, this is not a great analogy, but it's an analogy. So the Word became flesh. So kind of think about it like this. This is not a perfect analogy, but think about this. The Word is eternal. The Word is invisible. But the Word came and was put on a plate. Like imagine, use your faith. Imagine a stake on this plate. That, that the plate is not the stake. So the Word became flesh. Now, this is not a perfect analogy, but I want to show you something. So the Word put on an earth suit. The 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 food of God, because we're talking about Scripture fed. So we need to be fed by the Word. The Word of God is a person. And the Word of God talks about being water, talks about being milk, talks about being bread, the living bread, and talks about the meat. So we're talking about Word in the terms of food, something you can feed on. Instead of feeding on addiction, instead of feeding on lust, instead of feeding on pride, instead of feeding on sinful things, what you, instead of feeding on yourself or devouring one another. What we can do is feed on the Word. And so what happens is the invisible reality of the Word of God now has come and put on a plate to where we can get some if we want some. So the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, put on our table, and we beheld the glory. What that means is, ooh, somebody cooked something good. And now we start seeing it, smelling it. We get around it. We see it. Now we start getting appetite for it. And then we taste and see that the Lord is good. But see, that process of what happened in Jesus, 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 who is the Word of God, the way He operated in the earth, He operated as a man. He is God. He remained God. He's totally God. But He operated and functioned in the earth as a man. That's why He said, I can do nothing of my own. The Father in me does the work, and greater things will you do. So His example, as the Father sent me, so send I you. So when we see that the Word became flesh in His life so that we could behold the Word, that was in the beginning with God, that is God, that made everything. That Word became flesh. It came on our plate so we could see it, so we could behold it, so we could have a portion of His promise and a portion of His person to begin to eat and see that He is good. But it had to come on a plate so that we could see it. And once the Word became flesh in Jesus, now through Jesus, the Word can become flesh in you and I. And then we can be plates that go around to different people. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Your life can be a buffet. Because you're feeding on the Word of God. And then you become someone that's a feeder to other people. And you and people begin to eat from your life and taste and see that He is good. Not taste and see that you are good because you are not. Taste and see that He is good. 
And so in order for that to happen, the thing that you need to understand about, about this is the Lord has provided everything you need to feed on Him in the Scriptures. You say, I don't, I don't like reading. I'm not comfortable reading. Okay, I get all that. But you need to come, you need to come and approach the Word of God and start, and start having a heart desire to say, I need to feed on this Word. I need to come and eat on this Word and, and be in this Word and, and let this Word change me and transform me that the Word would... would Satisfy me. Because everything that was created was created through the... That tells me that anything that God wants to create through your life, any, anything that God wants to create through your life, He will create it through His Word. You must be Scripture fed for the Word to become flesh in your life. That people who know you and they know where you were, they know what you were, that now they see your relationship with the Lord and they're confused. And you give the Lord glory for all that He is doing in your life. And it, He transforms you in this thing. And then look at John 6 real quick. Just since we're in, in John, and I just figured we could look over here. This is where Jesus is talking a um, lot of stuff happening in John chapter 6. And you can just start like in verse 53, John 6, 53. And, and most of you know this, so I won't spend a long time on this. But John 6, verse 53, Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh. See, the Word became flesh. So unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, what He's talking about is you eat the Word. And drink his blood, you have no life in you. What? That sounds like cannibalism. That sounds like crazy stuff. He's, he's speaking spiritually, okay? Um, and he goes down to verse um, 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And as the Father sent me, or as the living Father has sent me, I live because of the Father. So he who feeds on me, he who feeds on me, or feeds on, my, on me, meaning my word, will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna, meaning in the wilderness, and they are dead. He who eats this bread will live forever. Then these things he said in the synagogue, and he taught at Capernaum, and verse 60, therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, they were like, oh, he's doing that weird sermon again. This is a hard saying. Who can understand it? And when Jesus knew it in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where He was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So that sounds confusing because He says, feed on my flesh, but the flesh profits nothing. What He's saying is, what He's saying is, it's not, it's not, the, the flesh is talking about the food. The food that's on the plate. The plate is nothing. It's what the food, it's what's on the plate, it's what's in him. It's, it's what he's made of, it's his DNA, it's, it's, it's the Spirit of God, he is the Word of God. And so it's not feeding on the plate, it's feeding on what is on the plate. The Word of God, and, and feeding uh, uh, upon him, and being, being your appetite changing to that. So verse 63, it is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. 
But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning uh, who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. And he said, therefore, I have said to you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted to him by the father. From that time, many of his disciples went back. They withdrew. They went back and walked with him no more. Then Jesus said to the twelve, do you also want to go away? But Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words to eternal life. Jesus is talking about you must feed on me. You can't just like know me, meet me, fist bump and go do your own thing. You have to content. If you're going to be my disciple, you have to continually feed on me. That I need to be your appetite, your first food, the living bread which came from heaven. And it got so difficult for them to hear it that a lot of the people started walking away. And Jesus wasn't like, oh, 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 stop, stop. No, no. okay, I'll change. I'll change. No, no. So what he was saying was, I love this. I love he just stands in front. This loving, compassionate Jesus looks right at his disciples and says, does this offend you? Does this offend you? That's why I'm willing to say bold stuff that I believe is from the Lord. Sometimes I don't always say it right. Sometimes I don't always say it well. And y'all know me. I will usually correct myself. I will try to always correct myself if I know that I got in the way and messed it up. But I want to say the truth of the word of God, even if it offends you. I'm not trying to offend you, but the word of God can be offensive to the flesh. Does this offend you? See, what a great question. Does this offend you? If so, you know you're walking in the flesh and not in the spirit. You know your way is more important to you than God's way is. And then he tells a little bit later, everyone's leaving. And and what he ends up saying is all these other people are leaving. And he says, do you want to go also? Do you want to leave too? And worship team, won't y'all go ahead and come on up? He says, do y'all, you want to leave too? What a great question. Earlier this morning, I was not going to put this verse in here to try to spare y'all so you can get to Cracker Barrel earlier. But I sense the Lord wanted me to share this. Some of you are wanting to go. No, I ain't the boss of you. You go do whatever you want to do. If God is calling you to go, then I'd be the first person to say, yeah, praise the Lord, you need to go. But that there's a spirit of offense, a heart of offense. And there's something working in you that's saying. Inside of you, I want to go. And Jesus loves us enough to just call it right out. Do you want to go too? He wasn't saying that because he was offended. Like, oh, you want to go too? You're going to leave me too? He wasn't saying it from a place of bitterness. He was saying it from a place of wholeness. He was not saying it because he was offended. He was saying it because they were offended. Do you want to go too? See, some of you are here and you know, you know you're supposed to be here. Some of you watching right now, 
you're physically not here, but you know you're supposed to be here. And you believe the lies of the enemy and the pollution of your flesh and listen to other people. And you've looked at your circumstances and you've reasoned to yourself, well, I just don't think this, whatever. And you're nursing some stupid wounds when you know you're not even in the word yourself, but yet you would testify at the same time that God has opened up his word to you more here in this place than any other place you've been to. But yet you still want to go. I'm not asking it from a place of offense. I'm asking because I want to be the person that speaks truth into your life. I want to be the pastor that says that that represents the Lord in such a way that can be, can be a voice of truth that unlocks you and, and releases you to go to that next level to be everything God created you to be. I'm not here to be your friend. Some of you are my friends. And some of you who are my friends don't want to be my friends. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm here to be your pastor. And so on, on your notes, the, the last three things I want you to, to see, which you already know, that's why I'm not spending a lot of time on it, is, is how to be scripture fed. You got to read it every day. And when you read it, meaning read the Bible every day, when you read the Bible every day, here's two things you can say, all from Scripture. You can speak this out. Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. You can say that right before you read the Bible. You can say that. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening, your servant hears. And you can say, open my eyes that I might see the wondrous things from your law, from your word, from your instruction. Those are two prayers you can pray as you read the Bible every day. And then you need to study it weekly some some of you study it daily which is amazing but you need to study it a few hours every week not including sunday morning you need to study the word of god well i don't know where to start here you go it's not the best but it's something here you go and these the i talked about the scripture last week that in Acts 17, 11, these were more fair-minded than those of uh, Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily. See, I'm just saying weekly. Daily to find out whether these things were so. And then the last one is follow the 1-8 principle, which you all know well. I've talked about this recently a couple different times. Joshua 1-8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Your mouth. That means when you read it, you read it out loud. Your mouth. Not Pastor John's mouth. Your mouth. But you shall meditate, meaning it's in your mind and your heart, day and night, good time and bad time, physically, in the daytime, in the morning time, and even at nighttime. You meditate on it. See, you memorize Scripture to meditate on it. You don't memorize Scripture to memorize Scripture. You meditate on it. And then you observe to do it. You take action. You obey. You do it. And when you do that, see that for then, circle for then. For then, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. So I'm going to say this point blank. Stop blaming me and everybody else for your ungodly appetites and for the weakness of your flesh 
for the distractions you keep being distracted by. Stop blaming everybody else, your employer, the government. Stop blaming everybody else and start taking responsibility to say, I want to stop being fed by these worldly things that are moving me here, that are taking me amiss, that are leading me astray, that are leading me and feeding confusion in my life and feeding seduction in my life. This cycle just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. Spiraling out of control. But I know the answer is that I need to be Scripture fed. I need to feed on the living Word of God. I need to come back to my first food. That I'm going to come back to this living Word of God. I'm going to read His Word every day, even when I don't feel like it. I'm going to study His Word every week, even when I don't feel like it. And I'm going to put His Word in my mouth. I'm going to put His Word in my mind and in my heart. And I'm going to put His Word in my life by actions. Because when I do that, then my responsibility, my stewardship to the Word of God will cause me to have good and godly success and be prosperous. Take God at His Word. As we go into this time of prayer and worship, I want the altar team to come up front. And Craig and Sarah, I want y'all to come up front too. Y'all don't probably know Craig and Sarah. Sarah's a lot nicer than Craig. Um, and we've met them. They came through Discovery a while back, and they live in southern Illinois and they're a godsend to this church some of you y'all may not know them but and so sometimes when you, you have people that you don't know it's like I don't know if I want to go to them I want you to be able to come to them they're they're a, a precious resource here and especially if you've been struggling with a lot of this doubt and insecurity and feel this weight of depression upon you and you really don't know who you are and you really feel like maybe you're going to give up. There are people who've been there and done that and God has brought them out. God has, His grace, He's done a, a marvelous work of His grace in their life. You can come to them and everyone up here, I would say, and if you come over here to Glenn, and you know, Glenn's probably not going to say much. He'll grunt every now and then, but he'll pray for you. And everybody that's up here is just has a tremendous testimony. So what we want to do is we want to open up this time for prayer. I want you to just come. And if you need to give your life to the Lord, you come give your life to the Lord. If you have sickness attacking your body, you come and we'll pray healing over you. If you're dry and you're weary and you need strength, you come and you receive prayer, whatever it is. If you're someone who's saying, you know what? I need to be scripture fed and I need to make a commitment to that. And I want to come with some accountability and make a commitment to that. You come and you do so. If you need to be baptized, you can come tell one of them and they'll pray with you. Whatever it is, they'll pray with you. So, Father, in Jesus name, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your people and Holy Spirit. We ask you to move amongst your people. Thank you for your living word. Your promises are true. We thank you that you feed us and that you lead us. And I pray over every heart represented in this church that you would give us that stronger appetite for your word, that hunger for your word, that we don't live by bread alone, but we live by every word that proceeds from your mouth. We thank you for it, Lord. And we pray that your truth and the power of your spirit would begin to move and impact lives as we worship you and magnify your name. 
In Christ's name, amen. Come, receive prayer. Come. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.